2: elsewhere. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5. It is Tuesday, November 28th. I am Dan Rubin. Got a great show for you planned today. Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter are here and we will get into that. I must preface this by saying my wife has jury duty. If you hear my dog barking or someone nibbling at my toes, that is because I don't have his dog mom here to look after it. Also, I need to tell you this. Today's show is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. We were super fortunate. They sent us some product and it comes frozen. And I was intimidated. I'd never done the frozen to grill move. They lay it all out for you so beautifully, man. I ran through the individually wrapped stuff and it was an absolute winner. You can go to OmahaStakes.com right now and take advantage of 50% off site wide, plus use code BuckNuts at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. That is a lot. That's a lot to get off. You can score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like mouthwatering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. A holiday gift favorite, I might add. Or cozy up to easy prepare meals and carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Visit OmahaSteaks.com and save big. 50% off site-wide plus promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout to get extra $30 off your order. The Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals at Omaha Steaks will be gone before you know it. That's OmahaStakes.com. promo code BuckNuts at checkout. That is actually very, very cool and something I would do. It makes a great gift as well. Two great gifts to the Ohio State and BuckNuts community are here. Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter. Gentlemen, we are still dealing with the aftermath. I don't know if you guys know this, but We've become very popular among Michigan fans um, to the point where many of the comments you'll see on the right will be from Michigan fans. And I think they may think they've pulled one over on us. Unfortunately, they don't know that YouTube and the rest, our ad revenue is based on traffic. And we had 25,000 visits from Michigan fans. To jack our ad revenue so far past where we've ever done it, that I just have to thank you guys for paying your way through here. Way to go, Michigan. That's your education at work there, people. Um, And we appreciate it very much. Never made more money than we did this weekend at YouTube, and we have to thank you for that. Now, the game itself didn't go that great. Going to try and get your thoughts on it. Mark did his Buckeye in the sky, and I was riveted. Uh, I sent him, I think 13 plays. I wanted to send 60, but I know he has a family, so we didn't do that. We're going to start with William though, and then we'll get into the details that Mark can provide. Bill, you've seen a few Michigan, Ohio State games in your tenure. Your thoughts on what went down?
1: Well, there were a lot of was a lot of angst about Kyle McCord, the quarterback play, all that. And I'm not saying that, uh, it was fantastic, but to me, the biggest thing was Ohio state just couldn't stop Michigan in the second half. I mean, every time that uh, you think Ohio state uh, could finally get the lead, they just couldn't stop. I believe that, uh, they didn't stop them in the second half, except at the end of the game for the kneel down type stuff. Um, That was the the big thing for me is that at some point you've got to stop Michigan's offense, and that didn't happen.
2: Yeah, I talked about this with Dave yesterday. Um, At 17-17, that's about the best I had felt about the team. I was saying in years it was coming off an unbelievable drive, a drive Michigan has not allowed in, I don't want to say years, certainly this season it was run down their throat. So the ball went back to the Michigan offense and they needed a drive. They did not get to third down on that drive. So Bill, I'm going to agree with you there. I could not believe that when I went back and looked at it. I checked it twice. If you have a drive and you don't get to third down, that's awfully disappointing. And if you go back, it wasn't like it was chunk plays. Yes, there were a few in the teens, but this is not 30-30 touchdown or touchdown. It was almost a slow death. And then don't forget that drive is the drive that uh, Zinter got hurt, their Mm -hmm. guard, and they score on the next play because our linebackers didn't fill correctly and then Sonny got caught. But very disappointed in the defense and that drive. Mark, you you, you you know, Dan,
1: the the – Past two years, if you look at the stats, they were heavily in favor of Michigan. This year, they weren't. You know, It wasn't a a blowout no loss on that front this year. But still, you've got to be able to stop their offense when you need to. And like you said, it got to 17-17, and Ohio State's got momentum. And I'm thinking, this is looking really good. We just need a stop here. We never got to stop the rest of the
2: game. You know, Bill, I would have been happy if they just gave up a field goal. I was at the point where I was like, just no more touchdowns. No more touchdowns and Ohio State can move the ball and we'll be okay. Um, Mark, you did Buckeye in the sky. Um, We say that is the truth about what happened. It is amazing how enlightening the film is. It's truly amazing. Um, I learned that Malik Hartford was in for one play. And the ball zipped right by his head. I have no idea what he was looking at. He's a freshman. Mark, you're you have the floor.
0: Yeah, um, you said the one word truthful. And if you've watched me break down film, I kind of break down that film like it's not Ohio State and it's just two teams playing. And here's what happened on that play. And I take the emotion out of it and try to be very pragmatic and you know level headed. Where I'm not wearing rose colored glasses and you know arguing every point for Ohio state. Uh, A lot of the games this year, when we talk about it was real brief, but I could talk about this one in depth because I really dug into that film and watching it live and then getting back into it. You really, you really get a feel for it. Uh, The first thing I'll say is Kyle McCord is taking a ton of heat and deservedly. So he's the, you know, the ball's coming through his hands, every play. If you gave me a film of Tom Brady in his prime or, Jalen Hurts right now, or any of these guys, I could find a lot of the similar mistakes where they're missing wide open guys and blowing reads. It's part of the position, uh, and I've seen a lot of people, you know, doing little cut ups on the court saying, "Look at him miss this guy, that's a touchdown. Look at him miss that guy, that's a touchdown." You give me the film on any quarterback, that's par for the quarterback course. You want to minimize that stuff, and you don't want to miss those, but it happens. It's just, that's the way the game is. You, you don't see every wide open guy on the field all the time. And if you have a guy like Marvin Harrison, you may be attracted with your eyes to him and miss other things. So I don't want to come down too hard on him, but he's the leader and that that's where you start with this. And there are throws that, you know, boy, I, he, he's the first one to tell you, I want those back. Okay. So, That could have helped things and that could have swayed in a one possession game. You can go right to him and find that possession or that play that could change the game. So that's why it's, you know, quarterbacks uh, having a couple in my own family, they get too much credit and they get too much blame. It's a cliche, but it's very uh, realistic way to look at that position. Okay, he'd made a lot of great throws and he did a lot of other great things during the game that I think are just expected. OK, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to be too critical of any kid or whatever, but I'm just saying you get you give me any film of anybody. I can show you some plays where they look like they don't know what they're doing. And, and it could be in a winning effort. Now, having that said, football is about minimizing that stuff and maximizing where McCarthy did that. There were that one throw on film that fits through that hole. I don't care if Malik Harford's looking or not. That went through a window at an angle at a speed that, wow, I I don't know if it was lucky or good. And I always say to this, is that duplicatable? I don't know if they go duplicate that too many more times. So they were living right with their quarterback. He scrambles, makes some plays on third down, and his feet show up. Um, He did the things that you want your quarterback to do in a big game, and it was painful to see him do it. And some of it was borderline luck on a couple throws, and that's what you need. Some of his receivers made some plays. Um, I'm not one to ever bring up the officials or stuff like that, but I thought, wow, there were there were a few plays that I kind of that that was big. <laughs> you know, you, we I'm not going to go into all that stuff, but I that definitely slanted their way, home field advantage slanted their way. You know, so boy, I, I don't think that they're necessarily the better team. But, yeah, that score at the end, like I said uh, Thursday, I'm scared. I'm very scared for what goes on up there because it was such a thin margin for error. Um, I could break down some other things, the offense and defensive line. You could see that McCord had a comfortable pocket all year. I I said it last week. I kept drawing that little thing in the pocket on eye in the sky. Look at all the room he has. He did not have that room. The feet and the the push was back onto him and his throwing lanes and – it was a tighter pocket. It was a quicker pocket. It took him a quarter or so to get his mind to play faster and realize that, hey, I don't have four and a half seconds. I got two and a half. And I think speeding up the game, he eventually adjusted. But the push Michigan's D-line got versus the O-line was the most we've seen all year. And I think therein lies, do we need a better O-line? Okay. And, boy, this like I said, I could talk forever because these are deep questions and sure. – um, michigan is built almost like an nfl team you don't fix this with ohio state with one lineman or a portal guy and you just plug him in and all of a sudden your whole line is more stout you, you know you really have to look at the type of guys and the thickness of them and how you want to stop this michigan front that just seems to be for for layman's so of just heavier and has a little more push than some of the other schools in the big 10 you know and Kratz off the Michigan. Is it the the quality of the player? Is it the scheme? Is it the emotion they're coming off the ball with, but it's making the Ohio state line, whatever. Now to to flip that Ohio state, like you said, had a drive where they came off the ball and asserted that we are not soft. We are not this push around type group. We can play bully ball where we're just going to hand it to our tailback and come off the ball and create lanes for them. And, You know, so it's almost like I'm watching film and I'm seeing two different offensive lines sometimes. You know, they have their moments, and that's a credit to Michigan. You're seeing two different Michigan teams, too. You're seeing them get pushed around, and then you're seeing them push back. Um, Just what a game when you kind of take out the emotion of your Ohio State fan and you watch the back and forth of this. Um, The Michigan defense playing man-to-man is the last part of it not too many NFL teams are exclusive man-to-man because you have to draft corners to death and until you find the right guys. you got to get pass rushers. And to Michigan's credit, they run more man-to-man than anybody I see on film. And even if it's zone that eventually turns into a matchup man-to-man, they're locking guys down, and they were not afraid to put someone in Marvin Harrison's face. I mean, and, and they have the talent to do it, but that really, you know, was – Part of their game plan, I want to say, not letting Marvin – I mean, it's, it's obvious to anybody, hey, don't let Marvin Harrison beat you, but I think they had a game plan that was we're going to go after him and, and we're, we're really going to let someone else beat us. So those things really shaped the game. Uh, I really I hate one-possession games because what a coulda shoulda McCord completes that ball at the end instead of getting sacked. It's a different – it's, it's Notre Dame all over again. Because right up to the point McCord scored at Notre Dame, everybody wanted his head and everybody wanted day fired. And there was, you know, fire on the boards. I think it's a very similar situation where a couple plays later, he's the greatest and, you know, a tough place to play at Ohio State. Uh, but, you know, as they say, this is the game you got to deliver in. And when you don't, you got guys on a podcast ranting for 15 minutes about
2: you. And we can go into more detail on that. I do find it comical that uh, this has been used as an example as to why or or proof that Michigan did not cheat for the last two years. And I would just I don't know whether they did or not. I'm not going to get into that, but I'll just say this. I know for a fact Ohio State had a better team last year and they were at home and Michigan theoretically had a worse team and they were on the road and they won by a lot more. So if you're looking for the details to match up, that doesn't match up. Um, But I digress. Let's talk about how to fix some things. We're going to talk about recruiting. But we're going to talk about the transfer portal. Um, As you look at the depth chart on Ohio State, both sides of the ball, this is going – I think there will be more upheaval on the team, simply just because of graduation and the NFL – And there has been in quite some time. I could also make the argument that there are some guys who were starters that didn't necessarily play well enough to guarantee themselves that starting job the next year. There are some professional dishes, professional dishes, professional decisions to be made. So we are going to head to the portal. One thing we know they're going to go after in the portal, and you guys can disagree with me, and I think. It's the offensive line. Um, If you were to rank this offensive line versus offensive lines at Ohio State for the last decade, I think you'd have a very hard time ranking this above eight. And I'm being generous because I don't really remember all 10 at this current time. If I had to actually put money on it, I'd probably be, say, 10. So what to do? Last year, they went to the portal, and so you have Josh Simmons starting left tackle from San Diego State. The rest of the guys were here via the recruiting class. Matt Jones is out um, just by age, so you've got left tackle, Josh Simmons, left guard, Donovan Jackson, who many thought would be headed for the NFL, but now I don't know if he should do that. Carson Hinsman at center. And then Josh at right tackle. Two guys I know off the top of my head who are in the transfer portal now with Ohio ties. Zeke, Zeke Correll from Notre Dame, who attended Anderson High School in Cincy, did have an Ohio State offer. I went and checked on that. And then Carter Smith out of Indiana from, I believe, Olentangy Liberty was their starting left tackle this year for at least 12 games. Let's talk about transfers where you think they will be focused and then bill you can start this off uh generally where you think they'll be focused and then maybe finish up with your vibe on correll smith and any other specific names you come up
1: with. well most of the talk always centers around when you're talking portal offensive line and defensive line um i would agree with the offensive line part of it but Defensive line wise, and again, I know there's been angst, as in the case of McCord, angst about defensive line recruiting and Larry Johnson and that. But if they get Amaris Williams, which I still think they will, um, you look at the three uh, guys. Well, there's four. That would be four. But you look at three of the guys that will be coming in via the 2024 class. You would have Edrick Houston, five-star defensive end. You would have Amaris Williams. T- tremendous potential, you know. Billy, he is a top 100 kid, top 50 kid um, at defensive end, and you would have Justin Scott, a five-star defensive tackle. <laughs> I can live with that that trio of Amaris, Edrick Houston, and uh, Justin Scott, and then you've got Mensa too. So, uh, providing they get Amaris Williams, they've re- they would really have had a, a pretty darn strong group. Of defensive linemen coming in um that's not to say if you put an edge out there that uh is a difference maker in the portal I wouldn't take him I'm just saying that if I had my brothers I would be talking offensive tackle rather than a defensive lineman for the portal if I've got to put out the big bucks I would be looking more at the uh, tackle now that gets us to Carter Smith who um uh, I had an article on about last night, late last night. He is in the portal. He started uh, 12 games at left tackle this past season as a redshirt freshman for Indiana. Um, played two games as a true freshman in Indiana. I'm told he would love to come to a home, so to speak. He is from deliberate Liberty, come home to Ohio State. So if the Buckeyes make that pitch there, I would feel very confident about them uh with carter smith zeke correll you know we'll see highest they did they absolutely wanted him coming out of high school i loved that kid coming out of high school thought he was going to be a great one he's turned out to be a good one Uh, a couple years of starting experience at at notre dame he has been a center carson hensman you know didn't do a bad job this year in my opinion is his first year and he's going to get better but you can move guys around would zeke correll be interested in playing guard for instance would Carson Hintzman be, you know, I don't know the answers to, to those questions right now, but you can move guys around. Uh, can you guys get guys inside? Yeah, I think that's possible. or um, Simmons. Simmons, I thought, ended up doing a decent job by the end of the year. Um, again, my focus moving forward, if I was going to put out the big bucks in the portal for a, for a player, would be offensive tackle.
2: Right tackle. I get, I get the feeling you're saying right tackle. I know, Bill, you like to be conservative. But right. if you say Josh Simmons is playing well and we still need a tackle, we need a right tackle. I think you could make an argument, well, you're going to have to replace the right guard because he's gone.
1: You know, there's a there's a philosophy, and I don't necessarily de- disagree with it. I know the, the Browns use this philosophy that a tackle is a tackle. Right. And if you're a good – Right tackle, you can be a good left tackle. You know, they did that with Jedrick Wills, and I'm not saying he's turned. But Tristan Wirfs, he uh, was a right tackle at Iowa. He went into the NFL and was really good for Tampa Bay at right tackle. I believe it, he is now, for some time now, been playing left tackle. So you can move those guys around.
2: Yeah, definitely uh, going to need a right guard. The interesting thing is, Paris Johnson played guard here for a year. I don't know if you guys remember that. So it was kind of a matter of getting your five best dudes on the field. Then the two philosophies, I think that Bill's referring to is one, the late great Dwayne long, um, only would have recruited tackles because he felt like you could kick every tackle to guard. I guess centers were on their own page. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, and then there's some people who think tackles are tackles and guards are guards and you know uh, people are people. I would say transfer portal wise, they're looking for. If you go do, through the depth chart, yeah, I think you'd be surprised. This is going to be a young offense. They're going to lose. Uh, we'll get actually just do it this way, Mark. Let's talk offensive line, then we'll come back to receiver. You know, obviously, this is great when Ohio guys hit the portal because we have years and years of context here, not just how they performed in college, but we knew them as high school pro, uh, prospects. Zeke Correll and Carter Smith. What do you thought of them in high school? Have you taken a look at them in college? And then the real question, do you believe they're able to replace an existing player at Ohio state, which is really the key here?
0: Um, first of all, I was going to back up one step. You guys were talking about O-line, a tackle, a tackle, a guard, a guard, and all that stuff. Let me try to put that in layman's terms. A tackle is a tackle if he has really great feet. That's why you call him a tackle, because their feet are elite, and they can protect on the edge against very fast edge rushers. Guards have slower feet. So if you wanted to, like, change the name of those positions, faster feet, slower feet. That's guard and tackle. Uh, guard's a nice way of saying he doesn't have the feet to play tackle. Usually he he's protected on both sides. Uh, so a lot of times when Dwayne would say, just take tackles, it was code for saying, just take offensive linemen that are long with great feet. Why would you bother taking a, 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 an inferior athlete at guard that doesn't move as well? Um, Cause you could just put the tackle there and he would move better and play that position better. It, it always seems like if you have a room full of linemen, your best athletes get moved to tackle. Okay. Our other guys go to guard. Now center to me was like a tight end type sometimes that had extra weight or maybe a fullback type that could get off the ball and go run and get linebackers. So you kind of find a different guy in there. But again, sometimes you can throw a tackle down at center cause he's got great feet. So it's like all linemen really aren't a tackle guard or center. It's like the guys with the greatest feet get called tackles and they get pushed out there. So a guard is a guard because yeah, he doesn't move as well. Now there are elite guys at guard that are just road graders that kind of supersede what I'm saying. I'm sure there's someone out there going, what about this guy? Yeah, there are guards that are truly guards. They just don't have the feet, but they are 340 pounders that just, walk guys back and come out of their stance and there is a trait for that but they don't block speed rushers okay so now that we've digressed into that whole thing um was obviously the better coming out of high school he kind of fit that athletic tight end at center really big really powerful and obviously playing at notre dame and you know getting all that experience yeah for one year rental take them Uh, If he can slide in anywhere, help guard center, great. I think that's a guy that could find himself on the offensive line. Is he a major upgrade? Um, If he was a NFL draft prospect, he'd be going to the NFL right now instead of looking for a fifth year somewhere else. So he's probably looking to improve his stock. Uh, You'd like it. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, like if he was a first-round draft pick for them and said, hey, I just want to play an extra year of college football, Yeah, he's a plug-and-play guy, and we got a first-round draft pick next year on our O-line. So he's not the end-all, be-all. I don't want people to think, oh, we got – you know, he's good. The other guy coming out of high school really looked good. I mean, he looked like – Carter Smith. Yeah, Carter Smith. He looked really good at tackle, but he looked like he was maybe going to go to guard because his feet weren't elite in high school. They were good. Has he improved them? Are they a little better? Again – that's the kind of guy I think Dan likes. Hey, we got a couple years left with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he could easily be the depth play, easily push someone. I don't know if he's plug and play to make us exponentially better. I think Indiana is being set on fire, and anywhere might be better than Indiana. Yeah, of course, I'd love to go to Ohio State from well, Indiana. What's that?
2: Oh, one like Indiana has a ton of dudes in the portal. I might add. Yeah, oh, so the,
1: every every a few hours it seems yeah, like. Yeah. So, so it's many, not you know, like he was an All American freshman I mean.
0: that you know. So hey, i there's no
2: like emotional thing. He's not at odds with the coaches or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. This is one of the when your coach leaves. Now you put your name in the portal. That's just how it works. It's become perfunctory. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: And, and that's a that's a good point to this because it's part of the math of it's not a freshman All American. That you know, you're stealing it's a kid who's at a place that's blowing up that's local, gotta look at him. Uh is he better than some kids on the roster? Yeah. You know, is he a plug and play? I don't think so. You know, I, I think you'll have to see more names in that portal and do some research. And there may be some guys, I think your best bet is gonna be guys from smaller schools that are actually NFL caliber that ended up at a smaller school due to weird recruiting out of high school. Those are the guys you're looking for right now. That would actually change who you are up front. I mean, do you want to? More talented. Yeah. Do you want to keep staying the same or do you want upgrades? I mean, and it's, you already have some of the best of the best. So to find an upgrade is pretty tricky.
2: No, look, the absolute ideal transfer, we've already gone over this, is basically Davis and Igbenosan. Now I'm not saying he was the best corner ever to walk the earth. He was a, definitely a starter day one here. If you look at how he's played high level player from a big time program that maybe with Ole Miss and the sec. So it's just below that elite of the elite and you've got him for two full seasons, even if he leaves early for the draft. So that's team building now. I do also agree. If you have a position that's really an issue, like you feel like it is limiting you from success, then it does not matter how long the guy is going to be here, where he comes from, what his background is. You just need to get that whole filled. And uh, I'm going to read our next ad here, but, but the rules have changed. You can pay people now. So once the rules change, And I don't want to get into it. They've always been paying people stuff. Okay, great. Let's just talk about what reality is right now. You can go and pay someone to join your team, okay? Which means if you've made mistakes in recruiting, you can make up for that mistake with money. If you have as much money as Ohio State, and you say your goal is to win the national championship, money cannot be the thing that holds you back. You've got as much money as anybody, except maybe Texas A&M, because that is bizarre. But there's no excuse for this. you can make it's not a philosophical thing like it used to be like we want uh, the guy to an Ohio guy to come in here and, and win and have a crew cut and make trestle happy man I don't care about that anymore. That's not the climate we're in. You need ballers. you need talent. Um, and if they have made a mistake in recruiting and they can fix it with cash, they need to do that. All right I want to let you know about our next sponsor. It's nuts.com not. Do you wish you could go to Willy Wonka's Candy Factory, Mark? Well, since that's not exactly possible, as you well know, let me introduce you to the online version of that, nuts.com. In addition to an amazing selection of nuts, they have tons of classic candies like butterscotch, fudge, and licorice. I've said this multiple times. I'm allergic to nuts. They sent a bunch of stuff, including some dried fruit that was like, uh, I thought I had a narcotic in it. It was so delicious and fresh. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples like flowers, and more. Their wide selection means there is something for everyone. Quality is the top priority. They roast their nuts and pop their corn the same day it ships, so they reach you deliciously fresh. Satisfaction is guaranteed. Do not sleep on that. I'm telling you, you'll know when you open it that it was fresh. It's very impressive. Right now, Nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com backslash BuckNuts. So go check out all the delicious options at nuts.com backslash BuckNuts. You'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. That's nuts.com backslash BuckNuts. And let me throw up this banner here so you can check that out. All right. Back to my guys here.
1: Uh, Dan, one thing I'd – William, go ahead. As you were reading that, what I thought about is Ohio State last year really uh, went across the board pretty balanced when you look at the portal. They brought in an offensive tackle, Simmons. They brought in a center, Cutler. Uh, They brought in a backup experienced quarterback in Gebbia because they didn't have experience. Uh, they went after a tight end. The kid said signed with, uh, the kid went to Alabama, but they went after the, uh, a tight end on defense. They went out, they got a safety Carter, um, big big Nosen at corner and so on. You know, if you look down the whole thing, they got a long snapper and Furlman. Um, they really attacked things and did a pretty balanced job of adding players to the roster. They didn't just go for one position. Um, one position we haven't talked about that I think could turn out to be interesting, depending on what's in the portal is linebacker. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've heard a lot about the play of the linebackers this year at Ohio state, you know, will there be somebody in the portal that is a really good linebacker available? I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to just attack one position while offensive tackle in my mind is the priority. I think they're going to go across the board and look for any guys that can help the program, either depth wise, or at a high level. Again, I agree, though, that I think, Dan, you said it. Maybe Mark mentioned it. You got a lot of good players at Ohio State that were highly recruited out of high school. You can't just bring in anybody and think they're going to be good enough to play. Ask Cutler, uh, who came in at center. Ask Haddad Carter, who came in pretty highly regarded from Syracuse and didn't play. So it's not a low bar that you're – Uh, setting when you come in at Ohio state that you have to
2: overcome. No question, but let's, let's quickly go through real quick. um, And disagree with me here. Interrupt me if I'm wrong, let's just go through what the spots we know they need to fill are. Um, Not, not based on performance, but let's just go with guys. We don't expect. So you, if you look at it, um, Proctor's gone. He's, They're not going to give him a ninth year. Uh, Burke, I had Denzel Burke at corner. I hope he's gone for his sake. Going to be a very rich man. Uh, Both linebackers, Steele and Tommy, gone. Uh, Defensive line, theoretically, I think JT people expect him to leave. Jack Sawyer, people expect him to leave. Tyleek Williams, people expect him to leave. And uh, Ty Hamilton could leave. I think he'll be back. Why uh, so now where are we? Now we're at on the offensive line. I mean, Matt Jones is gone and uh, are the other spots locked? Don't know. This is not bringing back Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones and uh, Luke Whippler, who were like the template, if you're building a line, just throw some guards in there. And uh, you got yourself a sandwich. The receivers. I can make an argument that all three will be gone. We know Marvin and Emeka will be gone. Julian Fleming could come back. Um, so they're going to be very, very, very young at receiver. Now, they'll be very talented. Uh, I think Carnell Tate is a definite in one of those spots. But who are the other two? Brandon Ennis. You know. the fr- Jeremiah Smith i tell you what, uh, if you're recruiting the number one receiver in the country, the depth chart looks a lot better now than it has in years past if his goal is to get on the field right away. Who's the starting tight end? Jelani Thurman? I, I don't know. Um, and then court running back. Who's the starting running back? Trayvon Henderson's going to leave, I would assume. Okay, Mayans, you know, theoretically, I think he has more time, but there's th- talk that he would go. Who is it? Tramp? So there is a lot of open spots on this team that there weren't in the past. Uh, I don't remember a time when you're going to come back and have this many openings. I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge. And like you said, Bill, there are a ton of good dudes ready to take those jobs, but they're not proven. I mean, Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, when JJ McCarthy got outside the pocket, go look at it again. It's not on Jack Sawyer. It's on Kenyatta Jackson. Okay. When Malik Harford was in there at safety, they threw that pass. I don't know if they knew to do that, but um, he was in there for one play. So it's very interesting the way the roster looks. So recruiting-wise, Bill, the guys they're bringing in now, do you think any of them have got a real shot? And let's talk about the guys they've just brought in, Gabe Van Sickle. Um, Does this mean they now go, as we've talked about, offensive line? Philosophically, do they now make an exception and try and go get Jordan Seton, really the only big time top 50 player left on the board? I think Kobe Black is on there, but he's yeah, crystal balled elsewhere. So, Amaris Williams, do you think we'll still get him? Where are they right now, Bill, in terms of recruiting? Who is getting the calls as they put the finishing touches on 2024?
1: Well, you've got Amaris Williams. We've talked about him. I, I, I still like ISA's chances there. But the December 8th weekend, going to be big. Um, That is the weekend that Carlin Jones is coming in now. And I really think this time he's going to make it after uh, uh, his first two official visits fell through. One because uh, uh, he was dehydrated and went to the hospital um, the night before his official visit was going to start. And uh the other one, he had a scheduling problem with his team playing, but I think this time Carlin is going to make it to Ohio State uh for the December 8th weekend. Uh also going to be there that weekend, at least as of now, is Ernest Willow, the defensive lineman, uh that could play indoor tackle, by the way, from IMG. And then my uh, perhaps most interesting guy, Koy Perrish, the Ooh. safety from Minnesota, really good player. Um he is going to be there. So that's the, the, the three uh, that are going to be there that weekend. And then Williams has been to Ohio state already. I don't think chance Williams flips from Miami to Ohio state. I think he stays with Miami. Uh, the other two names really are uh, Nicholas Rodriguez. The linebacker uh, has really not shown any strong interest that he is going to flip from Missouri, but he did get back to Ohio state. Um, for the Michigan State game, or was it the Minnesota game? I I don't recall right. One of those two games he was back for. I think it was Minnesota. Uh, And then Jordan Seaton. So those are kind of the names right now to focus on as far as who Ohio State could add to the 2024 class as things stand right now.
2: Mark, uh, do you have any thoughts on the current class in terms of focus or guys you've seen Gabe Van Sickle, anything like that. I know we've got a a, thought, a thing on him coming up soon.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've been thinking about this kind of in depth and it, the thing that, you know, it's a little bit awful. What we're talking about here is everyone says Michigan just beat us three years in a row with a bunch of kids. We didn't want. Okay. And mm-hmm. that, that sticks with me as a recruiting guy, as someone who evaluates for a living, how are they taking second-run players, according to the 24-7 sports rankings, consistently, but yet their team is whatever? Is it cheating? Is it whatever? Okay. But I, that's a question that this is going to get me fired, okay? No, no, but, it's
2: got to be asked.
0: Yeah. No, my my rankings are never always right. The first round of the NFL draft is never always right. The 24-7 sports rankings are not always the end all be all for what these kids are gonna be forever. And a lot of times we have a picture that we paint as these kids come out. And I'm not saying that I'm saying everybody's rankings are wrong. I'm not saying the guys at 24 seven are bad at their job. I'm not saying that they don't get eighty or ninety percent of it right. I get a lot of humans. Yeah, we're humans. And this is we're picking the winner of a race at the if it's a Marathon, we're picking it at the 14-mile mark when these kids are coming out of high school. And we're, we're destined to make mistakes on who we think is going to be at the end of this race getting drafted in the first round. And we know the first-rounders come from all over the country, not just Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. Okay. So that point of Michigan keeps taking players that are four stars and three stars, and they're beating our five stars. We have to kind of... Find some guys at Ohio State that are great evaluators and do their true evaluations that know what they're looking for to build a team. And this is the key that's got to be four or five possessions better than bad calls, Kenyatta Jackson being held, than a throw that goes through a window as small as a window can be, <coughs> an interception at the end of the game that you have to be three or four possessions. Better than that. Better than the home field advantage. And I think that's what Ohio State fans think they are deserving of and they want out of their team, is a team that asserts their will by three or four possessions, and there is no question. Right now, we have a team that is on par with Georgia, on par with Michigan, and you're asking them to build a team that's better than the top five teams in the country by three or four possessions. So that's the, the task at hand. Urban Meyer had that mindset and it was criticized for him. Like he wanted a team that was seven, 10 possessions better than everybody. He wanted to pillage their family after the game. Like there was a mentality of that in recruiting, bringing in guys that we, we are bringing in borderline criminals, borderline guys that would rape and pillage a village in the 30th century or 16th century. If they were alive, we need that type of mentality to be that much better than the best. You know, you don't beat the alpha and the tip of the spear with guys that are equal. you got to really, and I think that's where this goes with recruiting. And I and it's hard to say, okay, how do you find those guys? It's a culture. It's a mentality. It's a couple a year and over four or five years, you end up with a team that's got a little more grit and a little more, maybe that gets you those extra possessions of comfortability. And I know I'm you know, going long on this, but. So when you ask me about recruiting, I, I'm looking at it going, boy, are the recruiting rankings really, you know, telling you an indication of who's going to be great in a couple of years. And I'm not sure that that always is because.
2: That's the job though. Yeah. You and, know and, that. It's,
0: and it's not that anybody's doing a bad job. It's not that the evaluators at Ohio State, everyone agrees. Hey, this is the kid you should take. He's superior, talented. But after a game like this, you throw a question to everything. You you go back through all of your thoughts and all of your decisions and say, where did we go wrong? Where could we do better? And it's it's really not much margin for error at the end of the day when you're talking about a few possessions in a football game.
1: And, and, and you talk about Michigan, uh, you, know, you mentioned that, you know, Ohio State has out-recruited Michigan. Well, not necessarily at every position. Offensive line, Michigan's brought in some really good players, and I'll name one right off the bat that they won out for, Zinter, the Guard that got hurt, I was a kid. Ohio State really wanted and they recruited him, and Michigan uh, ended up getting him, you know. So, you know, Michigan has recruited pretty well at some p- positions, uh, one of them being offensive line. They're recruiting, and it, it is show.
0: And, and that's the kind of what I'm talking. There's a breadcrumb right there, like, okay, why was he a better pick than what we got? Why should we fight for him harder? And I'll be a guy that says this. If I was ever given a job, I would take offensive linemen to a fault. I would draft first-round offensive linemen or defensive linemen every year and and build my team because you see a lot of these teams in the NFL that are great. It's O-line, D-line oriented. And if if Michigan's done one thing right and you build an O-line, it makes your quarterback skill guys better. It, It makes everybody better when you have that extra tick in the pocket and the holes are more open. Um, maybe, and, and we know that Ohio State is taking plenty of criticism for O-line. So that may be, you know, the, the first quickest fix. There's five guys right there that are cut from a different cloth. You know, it, it's really, when you're at this end of the spectrum, it's really nitpicking like this and, hey, one possession more, and, and we don't have this conversation. You know, but but I tell you what, this is the same thing Michigan did for 10 years after getting their butts kicked. And, and- yeah, and when they kept re-examining and re-examining and re-examining, they finally got into the minutia of, "Hey, if we want to compete with these guys, this is what we better do," and they they were on to something. Maybe it's O line. The one ten. The Indy line. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, but you know, you get. Or the, like seven like, that, sixteen that, out of
2: seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> this
0: frustration. You I ain't feel. going through that
2: either. By the way. <laughs> yeah, point? yeah,
0: but I mean, this frustration you feel from losing in this embarrassment, it really makes you better. Okay. and now it's a cliche. You don't learn much from winning. You just kind of get comfortable and hit the banquet tour and enjoy all the accolades and everyone tells you how great you are. And you believe it when you're losing, you're grinding and you're in, Hey, this is, this is the, 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 why we love sports. It's a back and forth thing and we'll grind to the next spot. It just, but that's where we're at today.
2: Also, and I want to talk about urban a little bit here. Cause that comes up when urban got here, he had already proven he was the guy. That's another thing that's different about Ryan day. Like with urban, we knew that he was going to get it done. I mean, I'm never, I mean, look, man, that picture is there for a reason. Look, I mean, the guy is one of a kind in my opinion. and I, I know that He didn't fare too well in Jacksonville, but come on, you're replacing, you know, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time and an absolute rock star in recruiting too. Like there was no offensive line or defensive line issues when Herb was there. That's just a fact. Um, I've been called many names on these boards here. Don Rubin is a clown was my favorite. Uh, there's some great ones on here, man. I'm telling you, I've shown them to my family. We had some real fun with it. But, um, one of the things I took some crap for yesterday was saying that the fastest way for Ohio state to get better to me is to fix the offensive line. And it's not that I'm saying there are other issues, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Those are dependent positions. You're depending on the offensive line. I'd be more comfortable with a great offensive line and a good quarterback than a suspect offensive line and a great quarterback. You're just going to have more chances. Ohio State has recruited so well to skill positions that if you just create lanes and holes for them, we've seen this. You're going to win.
0: Would you trade Marvin Harrison for two tackles? You know, And that's the kind of thing, theoretically, you're talking about where – Hey, if we're going to spend four million a year on Marvin Harrison to be here, would you rather spend two million a piece on two tackles and deal with Mecca and you know other receivers? But not that you have to ever make that decision.
2: That's my point.
0: Yeah, you and don't have to make that decision. You want at Ohio all State. of it. Yeah, you want all of it. But yes, I get what you're saying, and I I 100% agree that O line is so boring to recruit, and you know. And it, it, it's a, it's not a, it's not as fun as signing Marvin Harrison. The fans would cry if they lost Marvin Harrison, you lose Paris Johnson. They're like, yeah, oh, we'll get another one. You know, no, you, you need more Paris Johnson's. You need five Paris Johnson's you. That's what changes the, you know, like you're saying the dependent positions.
2: There are enough skill players to go around. There are just not that many people that are that big. It's I've, math.
0: I've said it before. If you play fantasy football, Guys are coming off the couch. Daryl Henderson came off the couch for the Rams a few weeks ago, and they get hundred yard games, and they look. If the great, line is good, and they run in the open field, and they look like, oh my gosh, they're great. You don't, if you lose your left tackle, there are no left tackles on any couches anywhere. Although they did bring Jason Peters back for a twenty fifth season up in uh, Seattle or whatever it was. No, so we
2: Cowboy we did, did that last year. Yeah, was he was weird.
0: immediately hurt or whatever, but. There just aren't guys that have that skill set that can dominate laying around. It's a it's the rarest of rare, and I think that alone should tell you that you go buy rarest of rare. You put your money behind the rarest of rare. Uh, the Titans did it for a while, and you see how Derrick Henry dropped off the face of the earth this year because they lost a couple of their big time offensive linemen, and they didn't keep you know drafting at that position. But, okay, Look don't at the okay, I not want to. The Forty
2: when oh. Trent Williams plays, they win. When Trent Williams doesn't play, they don't win. Yeah, it's not that complicated.
0: I, um, I, I digress one more time, but I call ahead. those type of linemen like Vikings or Neanderthals or cavemen human beings that when you stand next to, you're like, oh my god, you see his hands and his body. It's just a bigger setup. The tendons, the bones, the bone structure. You need human beings that are almost unhuman because that's what you need to push around other big human beings. And it's just a game of guys that are bigger and stronger than you. And, hey, like you said, it's hard to find those guys. And a lot of them don't move very well when they get that big. And it's, you know, it's it's a fight.
2: Um, I'm looking for a specific question that was asked about Ohio State and the playoff. Let me find it so I can give credit to whoever asked it. Good Lord, I can't find it. There's so many questions on here. Um, the question was, do I think Ohio State will make the playoff? It's very simple. Um, this is what needs to happen. The, uh, the pack, whatever they're called now, the Pack 2 the Pack 12 Oregon and Washington will play. Winner goes, loser's out. Florida State plays Louisville. You need Louisville to win. Georgia plays Alabama. You need Georgia to win and Texas plays Oklahoma state and you need Oklahoma state to win. I looked it up yesterday. Mike Gundy is 56 years old. So 16 years of experience since he was 40, let's hope he can get this done. Um, But those things need to happen. If any one thing doesn't happen and that list of dominoes, they aren't going. And if all those dominoes fall, they are going. So, um, it's really not that complicated. If you look where their rankings are, if you look where they're ranked tonight, I think they will be, what, six or seven? It doesn't matter. If you look at the teams in front of them, Michigan will beat – you need Michigan to beat Iowa, by the way. That goes without saying. And you need Georgia win to get Alabama out of it. So then you have – excuse me, Georgia and Michigan in. You need Texas to lose to Oklahoma State, so they have two losses. You need Florida State to lose, so they are not an undefeated champion, a conference champion. And what was the last one I left out?
0: Can we put that in some sort of parlay on DraftKings so we can all be really <laughs> happy if it hits?
2: You can gamble on it. There's a less than 1% chance. Now, yeah, I was going to say, and there's I only a 20... real
0: Question is, does Vegas have odds on all three of those things happening? It does. It's less
2: than 1%. But if you even bet on all the favorites, it's only 24%. So it's not, there's just, there's too many variables. Um, I don't know if last year was more of a long shot at this time. Basically, if you're looking at it, you need Oklahoma state to beat Texas. I think the rest of them are reasonable. Um, Louisville's got a better shot against Florida state. I mean, Florida almost got it done for you before they did the Florida. It's the fourth quarter. Let's start acting like a bunch of morons that they do. Unlike any other program. Um, so yeah, so that's what you need to have happen. And if that happens, they will go and they will be the four seed, um, which means they'll play Georgia. Um, and it means my prediction preseason is ready and still intact. I had Ohio State losing at Ann Arbor and beating Michigan in the national championship game, and I made that prediction because I'm looking for page views up in here, and uh, that would have been great for the site. Last thing, coveted offensive lineman Carter Lowe, five-star in the latest top 247 update. Excuse me, Toledo, class of 2025, visiting Michigan this past weekend. Uh, Sue Zabo put out a dirty rumor that he silently committed there. Now, this just in, every single recruit that visits, there's a rumor afterwards that they silently committed. Uh, Very few of them are accurate. However, we've been talking offensive line throughout the show. There's one in our backyard do you think they'll get him, Bill? What's the latest on Carter Lowe?
1: Well, he is, by the way, going to be playing in the 2025 All-American Bowl. He got invited and accepted that uh, invitation. He did make it to Michigan on Saturday with both parents. Um, he has been to three, I believe, I'm virtually certain, Ohio State home games this season. Um Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia—that's his big three. And right now, as things stand, he's in no hurry to make that decision. Um, He said he he has not ruled out. He said things can always change. I can decide. You know, maybe it's time to make a decision. But right now, he's not in any hurry. He also uh, is still considering Alabama, Uh, Tennessee, Georgia. uh, Georgia. Yeah, I mentioned them. Yep. and uh, right. and State. Those are his six schools. Uh, but realistically, I think he ends up at Ohio State, Michigan, or maybe Georgia. That's his big three uh, from everything I've been told, from everything he's, he has told me. Those are the big three. Um, I think things have tightened up between Ohio State and Michigan, but I haven't switched my crystal ball pick. I still have that
2: on Ohio State. Thomas, That's not accurate because Ohio State's loss is the best loss on the board right now, believe it or not. You lost by six on the road at number two. That's better than losing on a neutral field for Washington or Oregon to a team that's not as highly rated. So you will not get the benefit of that if they all have the same number of losses, Oregon would have two. Texas isn't going if they lose. Uh, Alabama's not going if they lose. Florida State's not going if they lose. Who is the one lost team that would jump Ohio State in this scenario? Washington's not going to do that. So that's the only way that would happen. I realize people don't want to go to the playoff because they're in their self-loathing phase here, and I get it. But um, for recruiting purposes, that makes no sense. By Um, by the
1: way, real quick, back to Carter Lowe. Right now, we don't know what exactly is going to happen to Michigan. Correct. I mean – they could, uh, uh, things could change dramatically uh, with anybody there recruiting based on what happens with uh, the two uh, situations with Harbaugh breaking recruiting rules and, and Gate. So, you know, there's a long way to go uh, for a 2025 guy when it comes to Michigan recruiting
2: keep this in mind and we'll end on this for you Michigan fans that made it through the whole show. This Justin, if you're a Michigan fan and you watched 56 minutes and 30 seconds of this, you got bigger issues in Ohio State. Let me tell you that right now and you know that. Go look in the mirror. Um, it does depend on a, a variety of factors whether that goes down bill, but no one's gone on probation that I remember where they've been suspended or the coach has been suspended or a a team like this during the transfer portal era, you don't need to stick around for, if you're a one year left guy, why would you stick around and play for a team on probation? You probably wouldn't. So we'll see how that goes. You're going to lose 44 seniors and then you're going to probably lose all your top sophomores, but you did beat our butt. And for a third year in a row and this is all just window dressing. I wish we would have beat Michigan. We didn't, we're getting back to the drawing board. That's why this show was now we gotta, fifty-eight minutes. We got to
0: go three more minutes and get an hour. I don't care if it's just dead silence.
2: <laughs> no, no, there'll be there'll be some ads in here, an intro and an outro. So this okay. is coming through. on say, your I, want,
0: I want to say we did sixty minutes.
2: You're going to see for the first time ever one space HR one hour, huh. we're probably going to turn off half our podcast crowd. But if we, you we've are come still a long here, way from the Bucknuts Morning Five. That was my original idea, Bill. Five minutes every morning. And then about day three, people were like, it's not long enough. Huh. And then uh, it hasn't been five minutes since. If you've made it through this whole show, you're a true Bucknutter or you're a truly just a sick college football fan. And we appreciate all of you, believe it or not. Have a good one, Bucknutter. Fire, 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 fire.